thanks for tuning in to Fairy Tall Tales Podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Sarah. And uh, we are a podcast that pairs fairy tales and true crime stories. So each, um, each episode, we will be bringing to you a fairy tale, and we will be pairing it with a true crime story, and we'll be talking about just some underlying themes and different ways that they correlate with each other, and uh, we will definitely get into some pretty interesting personal conversation, I'm sure, too. Sarah and I have been lifelong friends, so... That's the that's the uh, the comedy aspect of it. Our lives, there it's literally one one large joke. Joke. Twenty six years in the making. It's great. <laughs> Megan and I, we both recently actually had birthdays, and now we're twenty six. Old which, ladies. Which means we're old ladies. Which means we're getting into like if, if this if oh my god I cannot fucking spot so oh my god I can't fucking speak. <laughs> Oh, the person who can't speak starts a podcast. This is this is America for you. Where anybody can do anything they want. Amen. <laughs> Never mind, I'm not getting into that territory. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. That's a good idea. <laughs> but um, I don't even remember what we were talking about. Oh, I was talking about fairy tales. So yeah, if we were in the fairy tales, we're getting so old that we're like approaching like the old crone in the woods who gives you the poison fucking apple. Ooh, yeah, you better watch out. We might decide we um, want to live in a house with candy gum drops on the on the walls and we might throw you in a stew in the cauldron yeah um you know cannibalism is really the next step of growing up yeah yeah i mean first you're vegan and then you're a cannibal it's like full swap mm-hmm. it's like first you're born and then you're dead <laughs> first you're young then you're old <laughs> oh man this wow this well we we would hate to start off the podcast so cheerfully yes because we're going to talk about murder a lot of murder. Actually, I'm, I'm actually kind of lying. There's very there's, little murder that happens. There's no murder in no, this no, no. episode. No, 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 There's murder. There's murder. There's murder. It's just, it's not the kind of murder you think. Yeah, it's the unexpected kind, you know, because some murders are, like, preemptive. Like, you know it's going to happen, right? Like, you know, somebody's going to sneak up on you and kidnap you and murder you. This is uh, living as a woman in a uh, first world country. <laughs> Always concerned about the people on the streets around you, you know? People on the street. <laughs> I keep doing these stupid things while Megan's taking a sip of her coffee and I'm just like waiting for, you know, to stain her sweatshirt or something. My nice white sweatshirt that I got on my vacation in Maine that has beautiful foxes on it, okay? I'm just trying not to get coffee all over it. You're making it very difficult. Oh, that's, that's life, I guess. <laughs> Yes. Um, wow, this was probably, I mean, this was probably enough preamble. I, I, you know, you sit down before you hit record, you're like, ah, oh, this is what we're going to talk about. And then you hit the record button and then it's like everything, I freeze. It's like when you go to the bookstore and you're like, what is, what are books that I like? Who are my favorite authors? And you're like, I, what are words? Like, <laughs> what I, are words? Literally every single time I go into Barnes and Noble, I'm like, who are my favorite authors? I can't think of anybody. And then I just wander around the store and then I leave. Says the girl who was an English major in college and has a lot of favorite writers. She should be able to easily recall at least one. Literally the only one I can recall right now is Thomas Pynchon. Uh, it's probably because you have his words tattooed on your foot. But I think I think we can formulate enough words to to get into Ooh, the good stuff. The good stuff. The uh, the nitty gritty. The, uh, the the fairy tall tales. Do you like Do you like my symbols I drew on my paper for the name of our fairy tale? Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's it's a sun, a moon, and a girl. So. <laughs> 
Can you can you guess yet what our title is? What so, fairy tale? So here's the thing. I had an idea for what fairy tale I wanted to pair with this true crime story, which, you know, we'll get into later. And then at the last minute, Megan <laughs> is bearing with me because I was like, wait, no, let's change it. So the story that we're going to talk about first is called Sun, Moon, and Talia. And I, I didn't write this down because I forgot, but I think it's Italian. It is. Thank yeah. you. Did you, write, yeah. did you write down his name? It starts with a B. Uh, no, or I Maybe didn't. it's a G. I didn't write. It's a G, and it's a really weird name that I knew I wouldn't be able to pronounce, so I figured, eh, I won't even try. I kind of want to look this up right now, just yeah. because I want to show everybody how really bad I am. Oh, it's Giambattista Basile. <laughs> yeah, see, I would have completely butchered that. Sarah nailed it, though. I, I might have missed a few vowels and or consonants. <laughs> You mean, like, all the types of letters there are? <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, basically, um, some people consider Sun, Moon, and Talia to be an early version of Sleeping Beauty. And initially, I was actually, I picked Sleeping Beauty. I thought that would be a great one to cover with um, our, our true crime story. But then I was like, oh, this one's not nitty-gritty enough. I was like, mm, no. We need more violence against women. Yeah. And uh, not so, not very hard to find in a fairy tale, yeah. actually. Surprisingly, yeah, yeah. If you have you have you opened up a book yet? You know, it's funny though. I was just talking to uh, my boyfriend this morning and explaining to him how fairy tales uh, didn't originate as these like fluffy light stories that we hear in Disney movies. Princesses, and yeah, and princesses, and glitter. Yeah, you know. And he was shocked to hear that fairy tales most often started as like these very gruesome, horrifying stories that had to be like you know, sweetened up in order for children to not have nightmares when they heard them. So that's America I, for you. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. We're gonna we're gonna get into some rape, so trigger warning. Yeah, lots if, of lots of trigger warnings probably for if, this episode. And if you're like afraid of necrophilia, we're gonna talk about that too, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. We gotta keep some secrets. And I feel like necrophilia is one of those, like, oh, you want to just be surprised. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> As most people involved in necrophilia are. <laughs> All right. So, once upon a time, there was this great and powerful lord, the almighty lord. <laughs> are you sure? He probably wasn't the only lord. <laughs> this was like, we're talking about, like, in the time of kings and lords, right? Not like... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. So there was this, this great lord... In great tracts of land. It's like a Monty Python joke or something. I don't fucking know. So this lord, besides great tracts of lands, he also had a daughter. And, you know, rather than be mad that it was a girl as most kings are, because they're like, motherfucker, who's going to be my heir? He was like, all right, I like my daughter. He, like, loved his daughter. Yeah, he, like, loved his daughter. Not in, like, that weird way, though. No, no. He just, like, thought she was... The bee's knees or something yeah. like that. I mean, you know? her knees were very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Um, so when she was born, he had all of the seers and the wise men, and, like, he had them come to his kingdom, or they were the kings in the... And oh, my God. Wow. This is... I'm so sorry. Why do I have a podcast? Um, because so he, you're hilarious. Uh, that's why I keep telling myself. <laughs> Um, so he had all these seers and wise men in his kingdom come to him to, um, talk about, you know, the daughter's fortune, because obviously you have a kid, you're kind of a helicopter parent. You're like, I need to know everything that can harm my baby. 
And um, so, yeah, so basically the people were like, yeah, you know, well, you know, this isn't great. Uh, They said that she had an arch nemesis in the form of a piece of stalk in some flax. Yeah, like spooky. Yeah, great peril awaited her in the form of a piece of stalk in some flax. Flax. Like the shit that you put in your smoothies. Yep. Good old flax. So, to deal with this situation, like any good helicopter parent will do, uh, he prohibited any flax or hemp, which is such a shame, or anything like that. Like anything that's like those types in of In the plants. realm of anything similar. Like, I don't know. Like, are flax and hemp the same? Like, I know you can get flax seeds and I know you can get hemp hearts. I don't know. Then do we include the chia seeds, too? Because they're also in the smoothies. <laughs> Um, so basically, so basically he just like blanketed everything. He's like, oh, is that flax? Get the fuck out. Um, (laughs) she just shooed the flax away. You can't see, but she's shooing the flax away. If this was actually a visual podcast, Mm. you'd probably like look at my hands and just like, I'm literally always one of those person like, what do I do with my hands? (laughs) Let me just smack them all over the table. (laughs) So, um, so Yeah, he prohibited any of that stuff from, like, entering his house or being near them. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem is, so, like, he did not tell her that her fortune involved death by flax. Well, yeah, because then, of course, what do you think she would have done? She would have been, like, terrified. So, like, here's the thing, though. Because, like, I think it has, like, I was thinking about this, and I was like, would I want to know if, like, how I was going to die? Like, would would I want to avoid it? But so like I don't know I was thinking and it has its pros and its cons because it's it's a little it's dumb because it's like think about somebody kind of like with um like a peanut allergy like you would you'd probably tell them instead of like secret secretly like banishing right all so the, like, they can avoid products. it on purpose right but then at the same time you're like well again like the whole curiosity killed the cat thing yeah like, do you want to live in fear of this simple thing right knowing or, it could kill you at any time or kind of like a self fulfilling prophecy type thing yeah. Um, I feel like since it was foretold that she's going to be killed by some flax, no matter what this king does, this lord does, or she does, I think she's going to end up meeting her peril. Like, they wouldn't have predicted it to happen if it wasn't going to happen, right? I mean, I guess it it all depends on if you take stalk in fortunes. Very true, I suppose. Um, But I mean, like, look at Oedipus. Look what his fucking dad decided to do. Like, oh, let's just get rid of this baby. Guess what? He still ended up fucking his mother. Yeah. But, you know, but it really doesn't matter regardless. <laughs> and she didn't really get a say in whether she knew or not. She no, just didn't know. she didn't know. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Even if she did know, who knows if it would fucking matter. Although, I think that if she knew, if he wasn't such an overprotective parent, it probably could have prevented it because she wouldn't have been so curious when she sees right. an old lady fucking okay so she sees this old woman passing by who is spinning like I don't granted I was not like born in like the 17th century I don't know how one spins flax or what that get up looks like I mean yeah I've seen Sleeping Beauty Disney like oh look at the spinning thingy but like do you just like carry that and like can you do it while you're it's walking weird. it's weird I actually like a, I looked it up I looked what a what a what's it called a dristle or something but can you do it when walking I, I feel like that would be really difficult, but I think you can because maybe it's, Italians are better than they we are. probably are. Yeah, They're, we it, know it. it. We know yeah. it. We should just but, admit it. <laughs> so like, 
What? So Talia, did I, did we mention her name was Talia? It's Talia. Yes. So like she had never seen anything like it before because like, oh my God, what is this magic? Yeah, just like if you ever saw somebody walking through spinning some thread, you'd be like, uh, what are you doing out there? Does this have anything to do with fidget spinners? <laughs> um, At least when people were spinning, they were making something instead of just spinning fidget spinners. Instead of fidgeting? <laughs> instead of fidgeting. Um, so she made the old woman come upstairs with her, which, one, the sense of entitlement is strong with this one. <laughs> Very. Like, you, what is that? Like, you get over here. You come into my house right now. Like, I don't do that when I see people's dogs. It's like, oh, is that a Hungarian Vishal? Like, I'm going to take this. Like, I, I need to look at it. Um, <laughs> I think people would kill you. If just you kidding. That. I know what Vishalas look like. <laughs> Of course you do. You um, would. And also, too, like, don't make strangers come into your home. Uh, that, unless if you want to, like, be on a true crime podcast someday. Well, you know, don't you think the old woman, she could have said no, don't you think? I don't know. Do have you, you think- seen, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I've seen enough, like, movies and TV shows with a stereotypical, like, spoiled brat who's just like, you have to do this. And then the people are like, oh. Okay. Yeah, true. I guess also, if she's like a sweet old lady, she's probably well, like, oh. Or she's in freaking fear because this is the Lord's daughter and true. he can probably banish her to the... Death. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say <laughs> like like the nethers, like the, but then I was going to say nether regions. I was like, no. <laughs> no. And then I was going to say... banish her to the nether regions. <laughs> <laughs> well then then I was gonna say banish her to the Netherlands but I'm like the, the, the Netherlands and I'm not offending people in the Netherlands <laughs> we're always gonna be offending somebody I feel like one day I'm gonna do this podcast sober but the second episode is not the, the, that episode maybe episode three tune in to check it out yeah there you go see if Sarah ever gets Sober. Sober. <laughs> That's terrible. She does not have any problems. No, I just get really nervous and I'm like, I need I need to do this with some extra shit. Some extra help, okay? It's okay. So, wow, back to Talia and her spinning wheel. Um, she's, you know, because she doesn't really know, I mean, what it's like to work. So she's like, oh, let me. me, She thinks it's gonna be fun. Let me have some fun. Let me spin. I bet it looks like fun though, because then you're like finger, like before you know it, like what it's like to actually like work. You're like, oh, that looks enjoyable. It's like when you wanted to have braces before you got braces, and then you got braces, and you're just like, what the fuck? mm, Okay, I understand from that from that viewpoint now. That makes sense. Like it's like, yeah, that looks. It's like that looks like that looks interesting. I've never done that before. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm sure being a professional soccer player, like, that looks like a lot of fun. And then you do it, and you're like, oh, uh-huh, Yeah, not work. for me. This is not fun. This is work. This is hard. Um, so she, so she was, you know, working the little thingy. Not really. But not really. But so, <laughs> just when she began to, like, draw out the thread, golly gee, a piece of stalk in the flax just so happened to lodge under her fingernail. Oh, my goodness. And she fell over dead, right? She fell down dead. Supposedly, anyways. She done dead. And the old woman fled the scene of the crime. (laughs) She ran away. Like, (laughs) she done got the fuck out of Dodge. She's like, I don't know this woman. Um, So then, yeah, like, we talked about how, like, the father, like, he really loved her. So, like, when he found out that she was dead, he was, like, fucking devastated. Like, I literally had one job. 
And he was really upset. Fucking flex, man. Uh, yeah, he. I mean, he was, like, borderline obsessive with her upset. Mm. Like, it's kind of creepy what he did with her, honestly, if you look at it that way. I mean, some That's, people might look at it as, like, you know, oh, this is an honor to my daughter. But the way I take what he did is creepy. So, like, the way – and I'm sure that – okay, so, like, I don't know. So, the version of this story that I read, um, I read it uh, via Project Gutenberg. So, like, it has the whole text, like, mm-hmm. faux free. Um, so I don't know, like, what version you read. I know in this, like, version or this um, uh, translation of it, he pretty much, so, like, it wasn't very clear. I got confused if it was in that specific palace or whatever that they were living at or if it was a different one. It sounds to me like they had been away visiting a palace in the country. Right, and, and he left she, her there. Right, and she was there. And that's why maybe she had seen somebody spinning flax because in his kingdom it had been banned. So she was outside the like normal kingdom. They were on vacay, you know? So. Okay. That's, and that's what I thought because it was like, it was talking about palace in the country, but then it was like, oh, he, or like, he took her to the palace in the country or left her at the palace in the country and then he boarded it up and never went back. And it's like, so like, but it, it wasn't clear, like at never, at no it point. Never it never stated ever they went to the palace in the country, but I think it was kind of implied. Yeah. So, Context clues. Yeah, so she's at the palace in the country, and she sees the old lady walk by spinning and invites her, hey, come show me what that is. I want to give it a try. She does. Yeah. So after the old woman runs away, her dad, you know, freaks out, cries a whole lot, and decides to basically, like, put her up in the palace as, like, almost like a mausoleum. Mm-hmm. Like, he preserves her body on a velvet seat, and he a puts... Funny. Brocade. I don't know. A brocade. I looked up what a brocade is, and it's fancy silk um, that has gold or silver thread. So it's like really fancy. Yes, very, very bougie. Um, Definitely only was was put around like um, palaces and castles and fancy places. So he, yeah, he left her in the palace in the country on a velvet seat under a canopy of brocade and locked the doors and basically tried to forget the place ever existed because he thought that that place was the reason that this fortune had befallen himself mm-hmm. and his daughter so he decided he wanted to forget it even existed why spring for a coffin when you could just bury it in a fucking palace it's yeah. like cheaper than a mausoleum yeah because I mean, you already own it and you don't give a shit about it because you have so much money you're like Fuck, i wonder what that's like to the tuesday palace <laughs> i wonder what that's like the tuesday palace <laughs> the tuesday palace <laughs> um yeah, and so this is where the story gets like really weird. It really does. I, so, I agree with you. It gets so like ugh. So, you know, we have this king who's so obsessed with his daughter, he tries to protect her, he fucks up, <laughs> it happens anyway. And so we have a dead girl on pretty pretty silk in a, a an empty palace mm-hmm. in the woods, in the country. But I like to picture it in the woods. But yeah. it's in the country. Yeah. So one day we've got this king. So we've got lords. And we've got kings. Mm, everybody's rich in all these stories. He, oh god, yeah. There's, they're always better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was out chasing things as rich people tend to do. Mm-hmm. When his falcon escaped him and flew into the window of a particular palace in the country. Mm. Guess you'll never guess which one. Mm. And uh, being a bird and not a highly trained dog, I guess, the the falcon did not listen to the king when he demanded that he come back down here right this instant. Oh, I think it was one of those fancy falcons. You know, they have a well, yeah, but, like, like, but still, yeah, it is weird to think of a falcon as being like, birdie, come back. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, 
Get the fuck over here. Hey, I said get the fuck over here. I will turn this car around. <laughs> it's a dang bird. It's a dang bird, and there's no cars in the 17th century. Nope. Did he get the bird back? I You know what I never fucking said? Because... No. You know what, they don't, they don't care about... Okay, so sometimes these fairy tales, they don't really care about continuity. They don't really care about loose ends. Things happening are like, is this uh, magic? Is this duex machina? Is this lazy writing? I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a lot of, like, gaps and empty holes in fairy tales, I feel like. But, but I kind of like that because you can fill it in with your imagination. And it could be taken different ways. Exactly. It's and who the fuck cares about a bird when... Potential necrophilia is involved. Exactly. Oh um, my gosh, this story gets crazy. Seriously. Yeah. Like, buckle up, trigger warning, necrophilia is on deck. Necrophilia and, and rape and... It's just not good. So, they realized that the palace was uninhabited, or they thought it was uninhabited, because, you know, they're knocking on the doors, nobody's fucking coming out, there's nobody there. Um, so he had his attendants fetch a vine dresser's ladder... I think that's just like a fancy a tall, ladder tall ladder for ladder. people who are dressing vines. Like, no, 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 wait, try to trim this one. All right. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> can we encourage this vine to grow a little bit though? You need to go up and around the window just so. Just like, so. you know, the fancy rounded windows. Yes. And the vines exactly. Yeah. You got to train that shit. It's, like a, it's a fairy tale. Mm hmm. So, uh, so he wanted them to get the ladder so he could scale the house and then, like, look inside the window. Uh, so he's climbing through your windows. He's getting inside. <laughs> Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your dead daughters. Because they're doing naughty the ki- stuff up in here. The king's coming up in here. He's coming. Oh, man. Up. Oh, man. <laughs> Please stop. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, man. This is getting real right now. Oh, God. How this many is, people are even here? I know. This is... Uh, They're all... I think we killed everyone. Oh, this is rough. Do you have... Do, what she said. So, I have... Like, right at this point in the story, I I read two different versions, and mm-hmm. my version split off right at this point in oh, the story. So, I'm, I'm interested to I see know. which one mine follows, or if it's a third version. Oh, that would be really crazy. That would be really, really crazy. As Why my, don't you read your version then, and I'll read mine that's different. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So basically, once he got inside, he pretty much he found out what he thought was a sleeping woman. Um, you might say a sleeping beauty. Yes. Um, but she would not awake no matter how many times he called her. I could just like picture him being like, hey, hey, yeah, I'm excuse me, woman. Uh, excuse me. Um, I'm a king. Look at me. Where are the sandwiches? Can you get me a beer? <laughs> and then he's like touching her and like hitting her. And he's like, oh, he, he like touches her boob and he like grazes her nipple. He's like, all right, she's dead. <laughs> um, I made that whole nipple part up. Sarah, you can't uh, add things to the fairy tales that aren't yes, there. Yes, I can. Other people do. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So like my version didn't really get into like the nitty gritty um, it kind of just, like, glazed over um, everything. So, like, I, I kind of, like, took a direct quote from what the text said. So, basically, he's, it says, After admiring her beauty for a while, the king returned home to his kingdom, where, for a long time, he forgot all that happened. Um, but I think we all know that he didn't just admire her beauty um, from afar. <laughs> I think... 
that he admired her up close and personal. Um, like, too close and too personal. So, the first version I read, actually, I'll, I'll just share it very quickly because much of the rest of the story doesn't get too affected. But mine says he, he gathered the first fruits of love. Not that I know what that means, but it basically right after it said he admired her for a while, it said he gathered the first fruits of love. See, so see my version. I got the I read the fucking clean version. I mm. wanted the freaking King and Talia pornography, and I didn't get it, motherfucker. But you know what? It left a lot to my imagination, and this is what I was thinking about at eight o'clock this morning. Ah, she filled it in with necrophilia. That should tell you where her head's at. Well, often. I mean, it's like questionable necrophilia because. I mean, she's not uh, awake. She's not... Right. Um, for all intents and purposes, she's dead. So, it is necophilia by proxy. True. As far as anybody is concerned, she is dead. As far as he story. is concerned, uh, it, it may be necrophilia, I mean, but at the most... I mean, he couldn't get consent, so... <laughs> well, I was going <laughs> to say... At the most, it's necrophilia. At the least, it's rape. Well, at, at the very, very base, like... Uh, you know, it, it's, it's rape. That yeah. is not okay. Not okay in um, any circumstance. But yeah, so regardless of if, if you have your clean version, like my fucking Gutenberg version, mm. you know what? It's because it's free and it's for the people. And I don't know, maybe maybe whoever translated this just does not have an imagination or has fucking eats cornflakes corn and believes in the Kellogg way of not having like a sexual appetite. <gasps> like, you know, like, isn't it, wasn't yeah. it cornflakes? Like... The Kellogg dude's like, I'm going to make bland food, so the anti-aphrodisiac. Oh, really? I don't think I'm making this up. Somebody can fact check me. I'd rather you didn't. (laughs) But I think I'm right. She's probably right. But yeah, so, sorry. Either way, we know that he did the dirty because uh, the next thing that Talia knows, having been dead to the world, she is magically woken up. When one of two babies bites down on her finger and dislodges a stalk of flax from underneath her fingernail. Did yours say that they were her babies or babies that wandered in? Or did yours not really say? It didn't really specify. It was kind of like they were just babies. But in another version that I had read, like, previous that I couldn't find the same exact one, it said something, it, like explained it as being like you know she had like they were her babies but like they had been raised and fed with like the help of fairies or something okay so the version that i read that talked about he gathered the first fruits of her love Mm. also stated explicitly that and nine months later while still asleep she birthed two twins i i bet like the version that you read was probably like the first version i read like previously but then when i but I was like to fill in the information, like you know, this morning I was like, I'm gonna like read a oh, different version. It's always good to read multiple but, versions because you never can like, especially when something is written in another language and it gets translated. I feel like some people translate it differently, and oh, you can I get mean, two. You can get two completely different stories well, out of one just in translation. Exactly, because sometimes you get words that they don't have a literal translation, mm-hmm. so it's like you have to pick. And then like some of the versions you read, especially of fairy tales, like some of them are so short. And then you get some of them, whereas, like, this one was longer than other ones that I was looking at. Whereas, like, so when you look at Sleeping Beauty, like, the grim version, because, like, 
This one is the Italian version, and then supposedly, like, Charles Perrault, like, the French guy, he has, like, a version, and then the Grimm's, they have their version, which actually isn't called Sleeping Beauty. It's called uh, Briar, Briar Rose. Rose. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to talk about that one because we might talk about that in the future. There's a, It's a little less rapey. Which is probably a good thing, honestly. It's definitely. Yeah. So, but you'll see why this ties into our true crime story, too. Yeah. So basically, yeah, you get this king who raped her beautiful, technically dead body, uh, which resulted in her being pregnant with twins. So not even just one fucking sleeping baby, two sleeping babies. So, like, she wakes up, and imagine, like, giving birth to them while asleep and then waking up all alone in this empty palace, probably dusty at this point, with two babies. (laughs) Like, no food, no water, no nothing. That's so crazy to think about. Like, mine, so my versions also specifically said that (laughs) the, um, the daughter was looking for her mother's breast to have breast milk, and instead found her finger, and yeah, that's, that's how the flax right. got sucked so, yeah, out. So basically ba- the same idea. The, yours was just, I think, a little bit more descriptive. Whereas a little mine, bit more explicit that they're her children, kind yeah. of. This one, it just, it implied it. Um, but, like, in my opinion, like, uh, just, like, it seriously sounds like it should be, like, a case on the X-Files or something. Like, alien abduction. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I want to believe. Honestly. I mean, I... That might be, like, the most ideal situation, though. Like, I don't know. We were just mentioning having... No, not the rape part. Sleeping through the pregnancy and then waking up and not having to have gone through childbirth. Like, that sounds really nice. Like, sometimes I think it would be terrifying to have kids because of the being pregnant and going through childbirth part. Which is why I've considered, you know, like, adopting or something. You know, if you could take away the terrifying part, it doesn't sound terrible. But also, you know, eh, there's there's also like you know the terrible stuff like the rape. So I wouldn't trade no pain in childbirth with rape. So yeah, not the same. Not the same at all. Um. So uh, what what happens to Talia and uh, she names them Sun and Moon, right? So. Okay, so my version said that the king named, named them, them, which we're getting, yeah, so like, oh. get a little bit ahead, but yeah, that was my, my version. My version said that, that Talia named them Sun and Moon. I like that version better. I do too. Um, because, I like that version better because, you know, this king, being such a great guy, like, pretty much forgets about her, like, as soon as he leaves, you know, I Typical guess... a asshole, rapes a woman, leaves, and pretends like nothing ever happened. Well, of course it's not going to be fucking good. You don't give her the chance. Mm. Um, and he's probably not that great in bed. I'm just saying. No. Um, so he forgets about her until one day she comes to mind. So he's like, I'm going to go on a chase again. And I don't 100% hunting. know what that means, but I imagine hunting. it's hunting, which I didn't want to think about because I just don't like to think of that. Yeah, he was going hunting. Probably after Fox or something. Oh, poor Fox. Um, he's like, all right, let's, let me just uh, come on by. And uh, he's like, I'm going to get some. I mean, why else would you purposely go to the empty palace if not to rape the pretty young lady? But. Yeah, because as far as he knew, she was still dead. Mm-hmm. Which is creepy. Yeah, what point is there to visit a dead woman unless you have some kind of ties to her, like, but it's creepy slept with her. knowing that she's dead or pseudo-dead. Right? Necrophilia. But. 
Um, so, but this time the palace was not empty, save for the kind of dead girl. This time <laughs> he found a very much awake and not dead Talia and two little babies. And he was struck dumb with rapture. Does Whatever. that mean he's like dumb in love? You know, like, oh my God, I'm so happy. I love them. That or he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how did, what? Yeah, I really don't think it could be like either, I guess. So, I don't know what, I don't know how he schmoozed her over or what, but, uh... Well, she doesn't remember the rape part. No, but the king, you know, he tells Talia who he is. He's, you know, hi, hi, I'm baby daddy. Nice to meet you. Um, hi, I'm baby daddy. <laughs> and they form... Do you imagine if somebody came up to you and was like, hi, I'm baby daddy. Here's your two kids. But he's like, he's explaining who he is. Okay, She's like, who the fuck are you? What are you doing in my mausoleum? He's like, I'm baby daddy. Look All right, it. baby daddy. Look, they have my button nose. Button nose. Oh. <laughs> a king with a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. <laughs> is he also the uh, the theme of a popular children's movie and song? Well, you know what? He is a cold bitch, so. Uh, Just kidding. Not a bitch. I should stop saying that word so much, but it's, I don't know. Sometimes it's fitting. I just ordered my dog a bandana for her birthday, which is not till December. That's his birthday, bitch. Oh, sweet. Um, you should have ordered it sooner so you could wear it first. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Good thing I will probably be around for birthday next year. <laughs> Good. So they formed a weird friendship. <laughs> That's what mine says, too. Actually, I've, okay, I have two different stories again still. One so says, in one, they're friends, and the other So in one, they're friends. It says they formed, like, a special friendship and bond. Yeah. Which is freaking that's weird. A great league in friendship. Yeah, that's what mine said. That's so weird. Um, and then the other one says, the king um, returned on his next hunting trip, found her with the children, and he said he was already married. So he just did nothing with them and, like, went back to his castle Damn. For a little while. So, like, he he didn't, like, form a friendship with her. He just was like, ooh, hey, like, you know, you're alive. This is cool. But I'm already married, so, like, I got to go back to the castle. I just wanted to fuck with no commitments, which is why I was leaning towards a dead girl. Because, you know what? Just, just easier. You know what? I figured you wouldn't talk back. You wouldn't say, I'm too tired. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say, like, no, that's too kinky. Like, whatever. But he's like, oh, God, it, you're breathing. What? And you're talking. God, no, too much. I'm going to chase something else. I'm going to chase a different kind of tail. Mm. Fox tail. Fox so he tail. can wear it as a tie. Not to my fave movie. Um, but yeah, so in mine, he was definitely interested. And he's like, this. so he stayed there for several days. I have no idea what the fuck they did for food. <laughs> Or water. I also don't know what happened to his attendants because kings never travel alone. Mm. So I don't no, know. No, in the first in the first part of the story, it said that his attendants like knocked on the doors for well, right. him. Right, but and, uh, but like even yeah. now, so it's like he would not have gone on a hunt by himself. But if so, I'm like, if he's staying here for days, it's like, what did like are they just fucking sitting outside in the rain, like hanging out, their thumbs, like wondering, wow, what is he doing in there alone uh, yeah. for days? Like huge giant like jerk off fest, like. I don't know. You never really do know with these fairy tales what's going on. But um, he's like, yo, I gotta leave. 
I got to do my thing. I got to do my, my king thing. King thing. But king thing. I'll come back and I will fetch for you because you're a dog. I will come and fetch you because I am a dog. Um, so like by the time, so when he, you know, he leaves, he goes back to his little palace thing, whatever. But this time, like he doesn't forget her. It's kind of funny how, how when you mm. have a conversation with a woman and make like a real connection, you know, sometimes it forms you like form a, a bond thing and then you think about them and, you know, you communicate with them or you want to, and mm-hmm. you never know, like when you don't rape unconscious people. You can have real relationships. It's a possibility. Yeah. So here's where mine... So in my story, he was. He said he was constantly talking about Tally and the babies. And then, like, it, it did an aside that he named Sun and Moon. So gotcha. that's, like, definitely mm-hmm. interesting because... So it's, like, you know, in... With your version where it said like Talia named them it's like it really gives that connection to her because then you can look at it in a very like symbolic way where like you know you say like oh you're the sun the moon my star is like you're everything right well then it's like so she has her sun and her moon it's like morning like first thing in the morning it's like the sun life and then the moon last thing at night death Mm -hmm. so it's like they're literally like her entire life whereas then you get this version where it's like he named them, which isn't quite as nice to think about, but it's still kind of powerful in the fact that like it gives him a connection to them where it's like he actually right. has an attachment. He's not like, that's my sperm walking and crying and drooling. Right. He feels a connection to them mm-hmm. because he wanted to name them sun and moon. For sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. Does your, does your story mention if he's married? Mine does not say that he's married. Okay. Interesting. Um, so, which, um, so that'll be definitely interesting. So, like, he keeps thinking about her when he's awake, when he's eating, when he's sleeping. I guess he's, like, talking about them or, like, he's, like, mumbling their names or something. Like, he just won't shut up about them. That's when you run and you go get the girl, la, la. <laughs> right? I thought we weren't going to sing in the podcast. I am a liar. Well, Good. I like to sing. And nobody else likes to hear me sing. Yeah, me either. Um, so in my version, it's kind of random, but so the king has a stepmother. And she's like the only other predominant like character in this. And um and so he has a stepmother. I don't know how old he is. I don't think he's still 30 living with his mom. He's probably like younger and whatever. She like lives there, however rich people work. Um and so she was, like, really suspicious about what was going on because she just kept hearing, like, Talia, sun, moon. Like, she's like, what? Is he tripping on, like, poetry? Like, what? Um, tripping on poetry. That's what they get, used to trip on back in the day. Take away his Byron. Take away his Keats. No Shelley for you. <laughs> I'm guessing those were all poets. Yeah. <laughs> Like romantics. For your for your non-literary folk like myself, I didn't realize those are poets. Byron, I think I know, because I've heard you mention. She walks in beauty like the night of cloudless climbs and starry skies and all that's best of dark and... Wait, no. Wait. She walks beauty like the night She's single. And all that's best of dark and bright me in her aspect and her eyes, the... St- Something, something tender, light, which heaven does something, something denies. What you remembered of it was beautiful. Thank you. Byron? Yes. Very nice. I like it. She walks in beauty. Maybe I'll have to actually read some poetry one of these days. 
Oh, you know there you go. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a random bonus episode of me butchering famous poems. I, I can dig it. So does yours um, talk about the secretary? Yes. So okay. the stepmother, being a nosy bitch, goes to his secretary and is like makes, like threatens him for him to tell her like what's going on. So he spills the beans. At least stepmothers in uh, fairy tales are like generally evil. And they usually die. Thank God. Evil. See death. Death. Maybe. Mm, spoiler alert. Um, so yeah, so she makes him go to Talia in the country and like tells her that at the king's behest, like he wants to see the children. So she's like, take my babies. Like, take them to their baby daddy. Yeah, she like, thinks Like, he could teach them a thing or two. He needs to be equally responsible. He right. made half of these babies. Right. Um, so then she gives the stepmother, the queen, she's called in my version. Mm-hmm. Um, she gives the babies to the cook, not because he's a responsible adult to babysit them, but because she wants him to cook the motherfucking babies and then feed it to the king. Her stepson. That's gross. Isn't that awful? Yeah. And he, she wanted, like, is yeah, that, she is wanted that punishment this, for necrophilia? No, it's because she's a bitch and it's like, doesn't want him to, like, be with Talia or whatever. So right. she's like, I'm going to make you eat your own flesh, basically. That's terrible. Like, your own flesh and blood. So, but thankfully, the cook was a decent human being. Yeah. And was like, no. And so, like, he hid the children, gave them to his wife to watch because she's a woman, so she knows how to take care of babies. And um, instead, he killed two baby goats, so a different kind of kid. Kids. <laughs> um, and he dressed them up all fancy into a meal that the king thoroughly enjoyed, that he just kept raving about. And he just kept saying, like, oh, my God, fuck, this is so amazing. And the stepmother was all like, oh, yeah, eat away for you know what you eat. Yeah, you know what you eat. I think she was basically, like, teasing him because oh. she was like, oh, you've been away on this hunt, this chase for a while, and you came back with nothing, basically, because he wasn't hunting, clearly. He was with well, Talia. There's, and it's kind of like a double-edged sword, too, because it's like, you know what you eat. Like, they're his babies. Like, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but so then, so eventually he gets mad at her comment, and he storms off in anger, which is pre- with, like, and he says to her something pretty much like, um, like, I know what I eat because you brought nothing into this house. Like, burn. Like, yep. you don't provide either, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, you're my mother, whatever. Like, I get it. You're hard times. But you just sit here on the couch. You eat bonbons. Eat you bonbons. expect my secretary to wax your toenails. Wait, not in toenails. Oh. Wax your toenails. Oh. <laughs> wax hair- your toenails. Hairy toenails, man. Not what toenails. kind of disease is that? I'm glad we vaccinate for that. Did we vaccinate for hairy toenails? Hairy toenails are coming back. <laughs> it's disgusting. Because you don't vaccinate your children for polio. <laughs> Fucking vaccinate your kids. Yeah, I'm sorry. Please. Jesus Christ. Um. <laughs> wow. I does not take much to get me off topic. <laughs> Same. Um. So whatever. So the stepmother thinks that her son, her stepson, ate babies, but because. Um, she will never be satisfied. Um, dude, you gotta throw Hamilton into the mix sometimes. <laughs> um, she made the secretary then fetch Talia 
So who came at once. Of course, um, she was excited to see baby daddy and her babies. She came at once, so insert sex joke here. Um, thank you. Uh, but when she got to the castle, she met the queen, who called her Madam Sly Cheat, and said she was a mischief maker and was making trouble. Women causing trouble since forever. Yep. Sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm. Um, so he's like a grown ass adult and she was fucking asleep for a lot of it. So what trouble is she making besides apparently looking beautiful while dead? Here's your lesson now. If you want to get, if you want a solid alibi, just take a real long nap. Amen. Right? What's that, that guy who slept for a shit ton of time? Um. I don't know. The dude, he fell asleep for like 40 years or. What? I never Rip heard Van this. Winkle. Oh, oh, that guy. <laughs> I thought you were talking a real story. No. <laughs> I thought this was real. <laughs> Nobody can sleep for 40 years. Coma. Oh, true. It's not intentional, though. No, but neither was this. True. Okay, continue. So, yeah, so because the queen only knows how to go from, like, zero to 60, <laughs> she orders... Basically. Talia to be thrown into a fire. Yep. Oh, I love Talia's request, though, first. Right. She's like, can I get naked, please? Right. You know, so, like, yeah. Spare my clothes. Because rape and impregnation are a woman's fault, we need to throw them all into a fire. But thankfully, Talia's like, well, let's, like, let me take my clothes off first. And the queen was agreed to it, not because she was like, oh, you could have what you want. She's like, I want your fucking clothes. Because yeah, they were beautiful. They were, like, gold embroidered. And they pearls. pearls. And she's like... I cannot find that at Nordstrom Rack. Like, take it off. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> well, she, like, screamed every time she removed a Nordstrom Well, yeah, she was, like, moaning. So, like, she knows. I mean, she knows what she's doing. She yeah. might have been asleep for a long time, but she knows what she's doing. She learned a thing or but two. But then, so, like, once she was down to just her petticoats, because, like, clothes these days had, like, back in the lots day. Lots of had, layers. Like, lots of layers. Like, onions. Which is great for, like, strip poker. I guess, right? Yeah, you know. Let me let me remove one earring. Um, so then, you know, great timing, though, because the king came down and saw what happened. Or saw what was happening. He's like, yo, what's going on? And so he asks for the truth. And then, um, so when he learns that the children were dead and that he ate them, he's, like, really super pumped. Like, as I guess you would be if you're, like... If you thought you ate your children... Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd be a little more than bummed. Well, yeah. He's definitely super bummed. Um, So he orders that the queen and the secretary be thrown in the fire, as well as the cook. But so the cook begs and he pleads. He might have had seven and a half minutes to do it. Ah, look at that. Um, It's a flashback (laughs) soundtrack. Just kidding. I don't want to make your ears bleed. Any more than they already are. <laughs> but so the cook begs and he pleads. And he's like, I didn't kill the children. I'm not a baby murderer, nor am I a supporter of cannibalism. No, he gave him to his wife. Right. And so the wife comes out because she's like, oh, shit, what's going on? And so she brings out the babies. Took her long enough. Right? And because she had been hiding them. And everybody lives happily ever after, except for the king, or except for the queen and the secretary, who died horribly in a fire. That's really funny because I wrote everybody lives happily ever after at the end of mine too. 
<laughs> except for the queen of the secretary who, who died, died in a fire. fire. Right. Except for those two. That's hilarious. That's you very know, funny. Once upon a time, they live happily ever after. Do you have any witty banter before we get into the next story? I don't know. I'm not all that witty. I don't know. You made me laugh last time. Oh. And this time. I don't know. And like most of the time. Yay! I'm <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm pretty excited to talk about this story. I was yeah, ta- this I was, is creepy. This is really freaking nice. Did you I meant to ask you, um, before like did you know did you hear of this story before like the so, podcast? At so all? I had heard I had heard Carl Tanzler a little bit. And I didn't realize it until I was doing some extra research because I had a little extra time to research Carl Tanzler specifically. Um, I found a podcast that was another podcast that was about Carl Tanzler. Uh, uh, NPR. Oh, NPR. No, yeah, it was, was an say- episode of NPR that I had realized I had listened to. It was This American Life, and um, it was a really great story. I liked the way that they told it. It was like a narrative. It was good. Um, but I also liked that it was different details than what I had read. Okay. So I have... Um, you know, some, some different things that I noted that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is crazy that they put this in that episode. Like, I heard this from the podcast, and I didn't read this online. So I have a couple cool notes about that. Yeah. Um, I, like, I was going to say, because, like, um, I don't know if it was the first time. If, like, I've heard this covered on a few different podcasts. Um, I know Stuff You Missed in History has one on this. I think it's from October 2017. Definitely listen to it. It's pretty good. Um, The Dollop, I know, has an episode on Carl Tanzler. Um, But it was kind of the same thing when I was, you know, because I re-listened to um, the Stuff You Missed in History class. uh, Yeah, Stuff You Missed in History podcast. Um, Like, I re-listened to it recently knowing that we were going to do this. And then I was reading you know, um, an article online and, like, just checking, like, the Wikipedia page and, like, you know, there's definitely some details that are missing in other ones or, um, so I don't, I tried to have, like, to do kind of, like, a mix Mm -hmm. of a few. Um, obviously, you know, when you're covering, like, a fairy tale, it's a little bit easier to cover and to get most aspects of the story because then we're just, we're kind of retelling stories that already exist and have, like, you know, because it's face value, because it's a fairy tale. At the end of the day, it's fiction, and you'll have different versions of it. Um, and so, like, obviously, there's there could be some like errors and differences like that. But whereas, like, covering somebody something like this, like with the true crime stories, I mean, you can talk. There's so much. I mean, if you think about a person, if a person lives even 50 years, that's like 50 years worth of detail. So, um, obviously, I just want to like say that we're we're gonna miss things. We might not cover certain things. And if you're familiar with the story, because, like, again, a lot of uh, different This podcasts, is a popular story a that's popular been covered story. a lot. It was heavily covered in newspapers, too, at the time. Yeah. So, you know, we might miss some things, and we might miss your favorite fun fact. I tried to, like, not focus too much on this stuff that doesn't have to necessarily do with, like, the story that we're covering. Right. But I did, like, try to bring a little bit... Um, of his backstory too, because like I know, so basically, so Carl Tanzler, he was born February 8th, 1877 in Dresden, Germany. Um, I made note of some other names that he's gone by. Uh, uh, I, I fucking, I took German, but I can't do German pronunciation. So like, I'm not even going to try with his names, but George Carl Tanzler, Carl Tanzler von Kossel, 
and Count Carl Tanzler von Kossel. C-O-S-E-L, not like castle. Um, so I thought it was interesting because not every account that I read or listened to or heard of mentioned the fact that he was married. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. Um, so that's why I kind of like noted it up top that he married um, a woman named Doris Anna Schaefer in 1920. And they had two children, Aisha and Clarista, who actually died in 1934 at the age of 10. I wrote down that he was obsessed with science and invention. He didn't smoke or drink. And apparently he had the personality type that he always brought that up. So, like, you know, that makes him so superior to everybody else. He really did, I feel like, try to make people perceive that he is superior to them. Yes. Um, So, however, like, despite his, like, obsession with science and invention, which I think came about a little bit later, um, I noted that growing up, he believed that his house, like, I don't know if, I think it might have been, like, a castle or something. I mean, you go to Germany and anywhere in Europe, and, like, there's a lot of, like, the older houses, the very, like, stately estates or castles. So he believed that um, the house was being, like, I don't I don't know if it was haunted or, like, visited um, by um, a ghost or, like, a spirit of a dead, distant female relative named Countess Anna Ka- Costancia von Kossel. It's a freaking mouthful. It is. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she would visit him, like, even, like, when he was, like, 12 at the time or something. Like, she would visit him in his dreams and show him visions of a young, exotic woman with dark hair that uh, he supposedly was to marry. Do you, does your stories have any additional details to no, add? No, nothing so far. far. Nothing, nothing different so far. I mean. Um, and like, cause I think it's like after this point there were, I don't want to call them continuity errors, but I had trouble placing some of the things on a timeline because people talked about them out. Of, like, I don't want to say out of order, but some people like mentioned them at different things and like, you know, trying to look at it even like on the, like, I know Wikipedia is not the most you know, reliable source for information, but sometimes, like, it's good to get, like, a snapshot of, like, timeline timeline of Mm -hmm. events, but I still had trouble, like, putting together, like, what fell in. It was very odd timing. I feel like, I feel like a lot of things happened at at once, almost, like, and it just was, I feel like a lot of stories focused, like you said, on the part of his life that didn't involve his family, Mm -hmm. and so some of that timeline kind of fell by the wayside, and maybe kind of caused some continuity errors, because people didn't consider the time he was with his wife, or maybe with his kids, or when those, you know, when stuff happened, like when his daughter died of diphtheria, you know. Because apparently he traveled a lot. I don't know if he was married or single, like, when he was traveling. You know what I mean? Oh, I did um, read that. Um, that I know it was when he was young. Because first, I have... I mean, he went to a few different places. But, like, I only wrote down the ones, like, of note. Um, so, he went... So, at some point, he was visiting Genoa. Um, and he came across uh, the statue of a young woman who looked just like the girl of his dreams. <laughs> Um, of course, there's always a girl of the dreams. Uh, manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> um, so the statue was above the grave of a young woman named Elena, who had died uh, at 22. Uh, he was 
incredibly moved by his experience. I think he started like crying or something. Um, and he saw the spirit emerge from the statue and he tried to follow it, but eventually like he lost it. Like when it went into like the town square or like the market or something. Mm -hmm. But so, yeah, it's like these images of like this one, like archetype of a woman, like keeps popping up. And then I kind of like did a jump cut (laughs) Uh, so he finds himself in Australia. Yeah. Where he stayed for at l- he was there for at least 10 years. Yeah. Don't I don't know exactly when because and so I had sometime some, during World War 1. Well, I had some I was going to say I also had some continu- continuity error air wow, continuity errors here too about like which order things happened. So while in Australia, he became very interested in like electrical equipment. He bought property. He's like, I'm going to, you know, settle here, whatever, for a while. Um, tried to fix a boat. Yeah, he? he like something. He like tried to buy a boat or then something said like, or because. Plane. So as like, I'll mention like later on too, some of this information comes from an autobiography that he wrote. And like one of the things, like if you read any of his writing, he talks very highly of himself and some of the things that he says or writes, it's like definitely not true. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, I was going to fix this airplane and fly. It's like, but aviation has not been a thing for more than like two decades are you sure about that just kidding well we are like not really because it's like like you know Wright brothers like really early 1900s and then you know but aviation took a while but whatever um this is not an aviation podcast (laughs) (laughs) could be it's funny because i write for aviation stuff so one night he is visited by the spirit of a beautiful young woman that he believes, yet again, to be his vision bride. That's what I call her. Like a vision, vision bride. bride. Oh, I like it. Almost she, makes it sound charming. Right? Yeah. Which, hmm, goes that's south something pretty quick. we're going to talk about later for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she ended up staying with him for a week. Hmm. And uh, after she left, though, he became so physically ill that he went to the hospital because... He's that freaking bananas. He really is bananas. So he late a little. I don't know how later it was, but eventually he learned because you know his. He's from Germany. He's in Australia. Texting wasn't a thing. Skype wasn't a thing. Tin can phones weren't even a thing. No, it's really really hard to find reliable string for that long of a distance. Yeah. But oh, he found out that his father had fallen into a coma. For a week and then died and apparently according to tansler according to carl, carl. Um, <laughs> that same week that his father was in a coma was the same week he was visited by his <gasps> vision bride of course they correlated the of time course. Course. of course there's some symbolism there i'm sure <laughs> um So, also while in Australia, at some point, I don't know when, he became a British subject because, you know, uh, Australia was like a colony or something of Britain, as was, you know, most of the world's Mm -hmm. colonies. Um, But because of his German heritage, he was put in an internment camp when the war started. So, he was pretty much like basically a prisoner Prisoner of war. war. Because he como, uh, wait, air, air, 
er komma aus Deutschland? Or er, he came from er Germany? Kommst, uh, I'm really bad at conjugating, but basically I was trying to say he comes from Germany. That's Deutschland. Deutschland. Uh, ich komme aus Pennsylvania. Did he, did he go back to Deutschland? Uh, eventually, he was released from uh, war jail. War jail. <laughs> Which is funny how he ended up there because he wasn't in the war technically. No, but right. because well, very much like if uh, with um, World War Two with Japanese Americans in the internment right. camp, right? Uh, guilt by association, of course. Um, so he eventually makes his way back to. Um, it's not actually Germany. I think he went to Holland. Yeah, because That's I where read his that mother was. I read that they weren't allowed to go back to their country of origin yeah. due to war because stuff. of war stuff and bad Germans. Yeah. Um, so I believe it was Holland that he goes to and he stays there and it's just like his mother, his father died. One of his sisters got married and moved to the United States. Mm -hmm. And then I think one of his sisters was with his mother, but basically a lot of his family was gone. Um, so he stayed with her for like three years. Um, but then his mother's like, eh, go to America. (laughs) So he emigrated to the U S in 1926, sailing to Cuba, which he liked Cuba, mm-hmm. and then he made his way to, I have no Zephyr idea. Hills? Zephyr Hills. Is that how it's pronounced? It's my best guess. I mean, you put anything, any word that starts with a Z and has like a Y in it, you know, it's just kind it's of just intimidating. Weird yeah. Zephyr Hills, that's my best guess. Sorry it if I'm looks totally, like that. I'm so t- sorry if I'm butchering your hometown. If you're from Zephyr Hills, you can write to us and yell at us for our pronunciation by sending us an email to fairytallpod at gmail.com. Nope. Fairytalltalespod at gmail.com. I knew I forgot a word. She tried. It's okay. <laughs> Guys, words are like really hard. She's having a rough, rough go at it today. There's just so many of them. (laughs) There's so many vowels and consonants. God. (laughs) The ooze. (laughs) The ooze. And then you start talking about German language, and then you don't get they some have something umlauts. called like I was just gonna say, don't they have something called an umlaut? Yeah. 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 I don't know any German. I can't pretend I know German. Well, good thing you don't need to know German to enjoy this podcast or listen to this podcast and not enjoy it. Everybody's enjoying it. Don't kid yourself. Everybody, you guys, you love it. You love us. Did you get that? Did it sink in? We love you. And you're going to rate us with five stars. And you're going to subscribe because that's just the natural progression of this relationship. And then we give you cool, awesome, true crime and podcast fairy tale stories. Podcast fairy tale stories. You heard it here first, folks. And if I you, can't talk either. And if you call now, within the next ten minutes... And for just six easy payments. For just six easy payments of $69.95, you too can enjoy this podcast. I don't know where my accent. Okay, so I don't know where that went. Hmm. But um, I know where Carl Tanzler's family went. Oh, did they go to Zephyr Hills, Florida? They did. He was later joined by his wife and daughters. But he is a jerk. and he So he leaves them in Zephyr Hills, Florida. And he takes a job as an x-ray technician in Key West under the name Carl von Kossel. Yep. 
so I don't know. I don't know why, you know, he, I guess he just, well, you know, he probably He was thinks so, highly of himself. He wants to have the Von Kossel because it sounds fancy. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, his family moves from Europe oh, he to America. He clearly doesn't care about them. And then he's like, eh. As you'll see with the rest of the story. Of Florida. <laughs> too, they're too close for comfort now. They weren't across, across the ocean. So, yeah. You know. So, on April 22nd, 1930, while working at the Marine Hospital in Key West, uh, our Carl von Kossel, <laughs> he meets a young Cuban-American woman named... Okay, uh, I never took Spanish, but I love rolling my R's, so bear with me as I say her name. Maria Elena Miragro de Hoyos. Very nice. Thank you. I took German, as I said. Um, But I guess people called her Helen. Uh, For continuity, I'm probably either going to refer to her as either Elena or uh, Hoyos. Yep. I wrote it both ways (laughs) when I was taking notes. Um, depending on some people were like, well, some people, because her first name is Maria, but most people in the thing called her Elena, because if you remember, there mm-hmm. was a statue of a girl named Elena in Genoa. Yep, so I think that ties in really well. So, so that's why I kind of like was referring to her as Elena. Just, I think that's good Good to refer to her as Elena. Um, so immediately upon meeting Maria Elena Mi- Milagro de Hoyos, I just really like saying it. Well, she was Cuban, right? Cuban-American, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so immediately after me- meeting her, he recognizes her as the women, as the women, woman. As the many one. women he's met throughout his life that all resemble the one vision. His vision bride, the woman of his dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, have we met before? Because I feel like we have. Um, so he fell in love hard, like super fucking hard. Um, about as hard as his dick. Um, <sighs> even, I'm so sorry. <sighs> I really am too vulgar. So I hope my mom creepy. never learns what a podcast is. <sighs> um, so even though Elena Hoyos was married and she was 32 years younger than him, oh. I did the math so you guys don't have to. Yeah, he was like her grandfather. Um, well, more like father because she was I like guess. 20, 21. Yeah. Uh, he was 53. Okay, so yeah, father. Which is still so gross. creepy. Um, I mean, who of us hasn't had a crush on somebody twice their age, but yeah. Um, Steve Carell's looking awfully fine these days. He's 50-something. Insert Scranton and joke here. Hey, they call it that because of the electricity. It's the electric city. Right? It's electric. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so uh, apparently the fact that like her husband had left her was big enough green light for Carl to be like, woo, well, I'm going to pursue that. Her husband didn't leave her, though, until she was sick, right? I mean, when Carl meets her, she's, she's already sick. Already. sick. Okay. But um, at least in the like the accounts, because some accounts didn't even really mention the fact that she was married. Most of them kind of glazed over that Yeah, I think fact. probably just because the husband was not really in well, the he, picture. He, yeah, he wasn't in the picture. She was, like, with her family. Um... But so it turns out, so I think he, like, was drawing her blood or something when he, like, you know. Met her at the hospital, met right? Met her at the hospital. Uh, so she was later diagnosed with uh, tuberculosis, which in the 1930s still pretty much carried a death sentence for most people. Yeah. Um, some people, like, could there were places where people could go, like, where the doctor, like, they had better means of treating it and people did survive. 
But um, Elena and her family, like, she refused to go, like, to leave, like, to travel to, like, a better facility. Well, I think some of her family was sick also, weren't they? Or became I sick? May, I mean, probably. I feel like... like I feel like if one person gets... Spreads, right. And that's part, I know that's part of, like, the problem, and I think that's why... I mean, I don't actually know. This is not a medical podcast. Uh, I don't really... I did really bad at all things uh, science. And, um... Oh. But, <laughs> I did good at those things. That We have the analytical mind, and we have the wandering mind. I'm, like, the wandering minstrel. Just I like kidding. that though. Every every fairy tale needs a wandering minstrel. Do I get to wear red tats? Sure, if that's Sweet. what you want. I red leggings. Does that count? Yeah. Cool. But so he became like really obsessed with um, trying to cure her. Obsessed is like a really <laughs> that's good, like an understatement like, of the year. Yeah, it's the only word though to really describe like his feelings towards her. Like hardcore. And then um, I know like people kept like bringing up, and I guess it was his words that like her family was like like he just kept saying like her family was like afraid of like the medicine or something or like didn't understand it or was like against it or something and like and I think that probably had a lot to like do with him like blaming them probably for when she ultimately dies spoiler alert not that much of a spoiler remember we talked about like necrophilia yeah still here remember that theme um so he continued to like actively pursue her and she continually scorned his advances. Did you um, read specifically? What? Did you read that specifically? Like that she definitely was not interested? Yes. Okay. Because she said that uh, he was too old for her. You know, mm-hmm. She was not interested. Remember, she's still married. Also, like, no offense to guys. Like, I like older guys, but you know, there's no 20, 21 year old who who's sick so like dealing with that is going to want to have anything to do with like a 53 year old yeah somebody who's really strongly pursuing you especially after you've shown no interest yeah that's like um it's it's creeper level like as you will see yeah continues it gets much worse but that's like even just on the surface level that's freaking creepy right like somebody like says no somebody's not interested like it's not one of those things where the harder you try pursuing them the the more likely they're going to come around. It's like, no, she definitely, from what I read, she definitely 100% had zero interest in him. He did not let him stop that him, however. Um, and he just kept like trying to like pursue her and everything. He showered her with gifts. Yeah. He like jewelry, I think. All kinds of things. Clothes, lace gloves, Um, just everything. To the point where eventually her family moved and they wouldn't tell him where they moved and, like, their neighbors wouldn't tell them. He only found out because, I guess, she started getting really, really sick. And one of her family members actually kind of contacted him or reached out because she was really concerned and, like, wanted her to get better. And, I mean, I guess if you – I don't have anything good to say about Carl Tanzler or Von Kossel. But um, I guess if there was one good thing to say is that, like, at least at the end of the day, he did want to try to cure her. Or like Even if it was rooted in his, yeah, like, which disgusting it's, it's, obsession. He did want, he, like, ultimately wanted her to live. He tried to cure her. Right. And, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I do not condone anything that he did. And, like, again, like, like to reiterate what Megan just said, you know, his desire, literally his desire to cure her, to, like, make her better is all rooted in the fact that he was obsessed with her and believed that she was, like, his dream woman. So, like... 
It know. wasn't because he wanted her to live so she could live a happy, full life. It Without was, him. It's right. like, I'm going to He wanted her to live so just for You himself. can live with me. We'll go to my private island that I tell people that I have. Yeah, fancy Von Kossel. Um, I, I guess at some point, she did go to the hospital. Like, she returned to the hospital. Um, and, you know, he saw her because it's like really no privacy in a hospital. But... Um, he found out again later that supposedly on that same day that he saw Elena again at the hospital, his mother died. So he took that as yet another sign. Of course, because he of, reads too much into everything. Yeah, don't read this much into your women. Um, <laughs> and w- your women will still read this much into you, though. <laughs> I can't even deny it. Guys, I literally wanted to start a fairy tale and true crime podcast because I like reading into everything, and I like overanalyzing. Yeah, it's how our brains work. It's how my brain, like... Oh, mine for sure. It's like, oh, I mean, I pretty much have a degree in BSing, so, like, you know, connect the dots. It's great. So, uh, once he found out where they were staying, he continued to, like, push himself into their lives, and, like, was trying to treat her, like, with his own types of medicine. At right, some because point he, he, in. he, like, proclaimed he had all this vast medical knowledge, even though he was just an x-ray tech. Not yeah. to, not to, like, demean x-ray technicians who are very intelligent, but he, obviously, he, like, had no medical knowledge on how to cure somebody with I tuberculosis. Mean, supposedly, and again, it's probably just part of his inflated ego, Apparently, he, like, had done all this studying when he was younger, and, like, he knew about physics and chemistry and Right, more of, like, self-proclaimed but, knowledge. you know, I don't know how much of that's actually true. I mean, I can literally walk around, you know, I can go to Canada and tell people that I'm, like, the mayor of Tulsa. No one's going to know. Exactly. You could just I mean, they're going to Google want. me, so. In 2018, you could know that Sarah, the host of this podcast, co-host of this podcast... Um, is not the mayor of Tulsa? I am not the mayor of Tulsa, Oklahoma. But motherfucking Elena still died of tuberculosis on October 25th, 1931, hey! which is Megan's birthday, except for a not little bit before 19, she was born. Not the 1931 part. I'm a little bit younger than that. She uses great moisturizer. Yeah. Keeps my um, skin moist. No wrinkles so, here. Good old Carly boy. Carly boy. Carly, Carly. He paid, paid for a funeral, He paid he? for funeral services. Oh, what a gentleman. And then he had a mausoleum constructed. Get Oh, guys, it's a mausoleum now. It's no fucking palace in the country. But it's a mausoleum. But it's a mausoleum because he was convinced that she was not protected enough. From groundwater? From groundwater in her um, casket. coffin thing. Casket. Casket coffin. Um, casket. I'm <laughs> sick because I'm coughing. <laughs> Uh, I hate myself. Don't hate yourself. It's a new drinking game. Take a shot. Take a shot. Every time Sarah hates herself. Uh, Alcohol poisoning in three, two, (laughs) one. Stop. (laughs) But but he wasn't actually wrong because her casket had leaked or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Because in the one thing, it literally made a point that, like, the cotton silk stuff that's on the interior was, like, stuck to her face. Are you sure? That's just... That wasn't just because she was decomposing, like. Well, I mean, that's probably part of it, but like, I guess, like, it her should co- stay it, like, dry. Prob- yeah, mm, like, weird. I think if you have like leakage, it probably makes your body leakage more. Ew, <laughs> that's so <laughs> okay. disgusting. I'm like, I would never want to be like a mortician or anything, Ugh. 
but it's like it's such an interesting creepy thing like you know recent like uh fair warning we record these a little bit in advance so this is coming out in, in november and we're recording it and it's still october aka the best month ever i refuse yes. to let it die um so uh just recently finished watching this past week uh the haunting of hill house and Ooh. it's just like so fascinating to see like the embalming dead people shit not like the dead people shit like the dead people stuff and like i used to watch like six feet under and like those weird shows and like i love fucking crime shows and i would never want to do it and i think if i ever saw a dead body i'd probably puke i actually have a very good friend uh childhood friend who is going to school for mortuary science right now maybe we could have her on as a guest sometime <gasps> yes, because or my friend gabby yes in a funeral home so stay tuned for some future episodes where we'll maybe have some really cool guests on yeah i don't know a lot of people but if we can find cool people to come on that would be cool yeah, so if you know cool people or you want to come on our pod, hit us up. We'll learn how to use Skype. <laughs> yeah, it could be a thing. We'll do it. So wait, did so um did you read anything about uh like Tansler visiting the mausoleum then? Yeah. Okay. So after like he had this mausoleum constructed, he had her body moved from the ground in her coffin to the mausoleum mm-hmm. and he would pretty much visit every day. He was the only one who had a key. Oh, really? So I didn't know that part. Now, did you read anything about him changing the, like, lining of her coffin and stuff after she after the water damage? No. I had, I can't remember if I heard it on a podcast I listened to, because I did listen to a couple podcasts that talked about Carl Tanzler, um, just to refresh my memory. And I know I heard on one podcast that he convinced the, um, like, the person who works at the cemetery to the groundskeeper to let him in. Let him remove the body from the mausoleum so that he could change the silk bedding and so that he could put her casket inside another casket, even though it was in the mausoleum. Oh, that's So, like, it was, like, his obsession once she was dead was growing and getting worse than when she was even alive, which is so creepy. Definitely. And it was, yeah, definitely 100% getting worse. So, he would go in there and he would talk to her, like, pretty much every night and, like, Eventually, he believed that she was talking back to him and, like, singing him, like, Spanish songs and stuff. Yes. He was, like, literally, like, I hate to say it, like, I hate, like, there's, I hate using the word crazy because it's, like, obviously, but, like, he was literally spiraling, like, out of control, like, with his obsession. It was just driving Oh, I think definitely, for sure, when you go from... I mean, he was crazy to be pursuing somebody who clearly wasn't interested. And then to, you know, to go to this extreme to prevent her body from decomposing, which is normal. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Dead he's speaking. Right. And then all unless. of a sudden he's speaking to her and seeing visions of her at her grave. Like, he's clearly, like, like almost self-justifying his obsession that what he's going to do next is asked for by her. Well, yeah, because he believes that she tells him that she wants to be taken to his house. And I know, I didn't write it down, so I don't remember specifically what it was, but apparently he had wrote, like, he had written something about, like, because I guess there were, le- like, he would write her letters all the time, and supposedly at some point uh, when she was still alive, Elena was like, oh, like, blah, 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 something, you can't actually marry me because I'm too sick and, like, I can't marry you. Also, the fact that she was still fucking married. Yeah. Um, Until she died, like, she was legally married. Yeah. 
Um, but she said something like, oh, but you'll take care of my body, won't you? So, like, he's literally just, like, again, like Megan just said, self-justification. Like, my actions are justifiable. Right. And this is what she wants. She's literally telling me this is what she wants, That's, even though she's been dead. That is literally what crazy people do. They, you know, they, self-justification, they make up reasons that... They see these things and they take them to be something that they're not, you know, or they invent these things in their mind that explain away why they did something crazy or heinous. Yeah. And like this has nothing to do with like actual like mental health issues, like as we'll get into like later. So it's like um, we're not like obviously saying that, um, you know, anybody who like does see visions or like, you know, stuff, but it's just he's literally taking it too far. Because, like, later we'll go on, like, he's actually deemed, like, totally mentally capable. Like, he's looked at by psychiatrists. Right, which I um, thought was crazy. I mean, you would think that he had some kind of psychosis going on. But, I mean, he was was found to be of sound mind, even though he stole her body in a toy wagon from the mausoleum. Mm -hmm. Freaking creepy. Toy wagon? In April of 1933. I guess it's a little bit more discreet than, like... Freaking uh, fireman carry her I over shoulders. Yes, it's still oh toy wagon. Um. So then, when he gets her back to his house, the honeymoon suite. Oh my god. Um. He got to work putting her back together again, like Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, with wire and uh, hangers, he, coat hangers. Well, he attached her bones together with wire and coat hangers, and fitted her face with glass eyes. Once she started decomposing, he replaced her skin with silk cloth soaked in wax and plaster of Paris. When her hair fell out, he fashioned a wig out of her own hair that her mother had collected and given to Carl shortly after she died. Um, no? Like, that's disgusting. Yeah, Mom, um, please, when I die, will you, when I'm sick, will you collect my hair um, and I'm give it to my I'm actually going to cut it and sell it. Oh, yeah, as we just found, my hair's worth a lot of money. Don't tell strangers on the internet that. Oh. This is a true crime podcast, Megan. Sorry, please. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm the girl in the horror movies who's just asking for it. It's terrifying. My hair's worth nothing. I just cut it all off. She's bald. It's beautiful. Bald is beautiful. It is. Speaking of beautiful, no, I'm just kidding. He filled no, her, really? <laughs> he filled her chest and abdominal cavity with rags to keep her body's form, and he dressed her up in stockings, jewelry, and gloves. Mm, that is beautiful. And he kept her in his bed. Uh, but don't worry, he covered her in perfume and disinfectant, uh, disinfectant sprays. sprays to hide the smell of the decomposing body and maybe to preserve her a little bit longer. I love sleeping next to the smell of lemon Lysol. Oh, and corpse. Mmm. Eau de lemon corpse. If anybody would like to start bottling and selling that, please don't. Yeah, please don't. It's, oh, although you can definitely buy, so like, I forget what they're called. You can literally buy, like, scent of decomposing bodies that they <gasps> used to train cadaver dogs and like search and rescue dogs i read all about it one time and i almost wrote a blog post about it that is crazy it's so cool that is nuts 
Yeah, so he's, you know, living his dream with his fucking vision bride. Uh, also, feel free to do yourself a favor and look up pictures of her on the internet. Oh my god, yes, please do, because she looks like when Dwight Schrute puts the face <laughs> of, the, of the CPR dummy on his face. Like, after he cuts the CPR dummy's face off and he puts it on his face, that's what she looks like. It's really great. Uh, P.S. We love The Office because we are actually uh, from around-ish Scranton, so... We're basically, we are the office. We basically are the office. That's the only way for us to explain to people where we are. So Does this mean I'm Steve Carell? Ooh. Or, I don't know. If am you're I, Steve am Carell. I Mike, but like, I, am I Michael Scott? You're not Michael am Scott. Am I Jim? No. God damn it. I don't think we're either of those people. Who am I? I don't know. I don't want to, I'm not Pam. I don't think we belong in the office. I mean, if anybody, mm. I'm like maybe Kevin. You're not Kevin. <laughs> Um, Anyways, Carl Tanzler kept this chick for, like, seven years, huh? Dude, yeah. So, like, in October of 1940, which is, like, nine years after she died, um, Elena's sister heard rumors that Carl was sleeping with her sister's disinterred body, which, uh, hello, usually you can't believe rumors like this, but this one you can 100% believe because it was true, and when she confronted him... I forget what her name was. I think it started with Florinda. It starts with an F. (laughs) (laughs) Florinda. Um, So when Florinda confronted him at his home, she saw the body and alerted the police. Yeah, and they arrested Carl. Von Kossel. But, yeah, so he was found mentally competent to stand trial uh, for wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. Hmm. Um, But the charges were ultimately dropped. Because the statute of limitations had expired. Damn statute of limitations. Goddamn statutes. Letting, letting criminals get away with shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so Elena Hoyos' body was actually on public display for a while, uh, where over like 6,000 people viewed her That's at this kind funeral of home. It's kind of disgusting. It like, is. really disgusting. Eventually, she was returned to the cemetery... Uh, and was buried in private, like in secret, secret, in an unmarked mm-hmm. grave, so people like would leave her the fuck <clears throat> so, alone for so once. So Carl Tanzler wouldn't rip her out of her grave again, yeah, and, and like, defile her. Um, so um, this is one of the things that I have a big problem with. Uh, I guess a lot of people have been like, I guess when they were reporting it, and even like later on, uh, a lot of people were sympathetic to Carl Tanzler. Uh, because, like, they view it as, like, a romantic story. They're like, oh, my God, like, he loved her so much that even in death, like, he wanted to treat her right. But, like, a lot of people will then, like, gloss over the fact that she literally wanted nothing to do with him. Like, her family moved away to get the fuck away from him. And, like, it's not okay to, um, like... It's not okay to pursue someone when they've said no. Well, that, yeah, and, like, it's not okay to, like view this type of like obsessive and like destructive behavior as like being okay or like encouraging it like it's not romantic it's like stalkery it is it's not it's not something that like you said should be like held up on a higher pedestal as something that was like a a giant romantic gesture right it's disgusting like especially so uh, we talked, like, I've been talking about necrophilia this whole time. I, I don't have a secret obsession with necrophilia, but that's one of, like, the objects of debate in the Carl Tanzler story. Um, so it wasn't reported at the time, like, when this was, like, in, like, 1930, or 19, 
1940. Mm-hmm. 1940 was so when like, Helen's sister yeah, found Yeah, so at, at this time, nobody was really talking about this. It wasn't until, like, the 1970s when people started talking about this. But um, there was apparently, like, during, like, her autopsy, research of Elena Hoyos' corpse revealed evidence for potential necrophilia. Um, so apparently two doctors who attended the 1940 uh, post-Carl <laughs> autopsy, they later recalled that a paper tube had been inserted into her vagina to allow for intercourse. So uh, the implication, of course, being that Carl had sex with her actual dead body. So whereas the first story, she only looked dead, which is still creepy. In this version, she was actually dead and hardly even a corpse, too. She was like mostly bones and rags and coat hangers and glass eyeballs. I guess after like seven years, the corpse smell probably goes away or you get used to it. But ew. Oh, God. Um, there are dolls for that. Yeah, honestly. If you like, really need, like, if you have that obsession. Like, the ugh. internet is a magical place. Spencer's just. Well, it's mall. funny because he basically did a version of that after. Oh, I know, it's disgusting. Oh, oh my God. I think oh. they just puked. Oh, um, yucka. So, yeah, so, you know, he got off scot free. He stayed in Florida and wrote an autobiography, which I briefly mentioned earlier, called Fantastic Adventures. A uh, necrophilia. <laughs> but So that came out in 1947. Don't buy um, it. <laughs> he, I actually kind of want to read it. It's um, probably interesting. I mean, it's, it's got to be. Look it's like into this 100%. Mind. There's no way that's still in print. So, but I'm going to hit up Amazon, I think. Sweet. I'll keep you updated. Um, so he actually lived in Florida not far from his wife, Doris. Don't forget about his wife. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Married with kids. Who, kid. Kid. The one died. Rest kid. in peace. Um, who apparently helped to support him as he got older. Wow. He never actually overcame his obsession with Maria Elena something something Hoyos. He created a death mask. Uh, yeah, so he used a death, ma- death mask to create a life-size effigy of her that he lived with until he died a creepy old man on July 3rd, 1952. <laughs> So, yeah, so that, that is the story of Carl Tanzler, a.k.a. Carl von Kossel. So, you know, in, in our first episode, if you listened to it, we talked about Bluebeard and Nanny Doss. Um, and, you know, that was a very, like, obvious tie because, you know, we have Bluebeard. Ooh, spousal and murder. Lady Bluebeard. We had spousal murder. And um, so with this one... You know, obviously there's the potential necrophilia for both, but, you know, what really drew me to these two stories to, like, pair them together is just kind of this whole concept of, you know, uh, consent and bodily autonomy, um, because I think it's it's a really big issue, like, right now, like, as as it's always been, and I feel like at least now a little, like, people are at least starting to, like, talk about it more, you know, we have just... Obviously, like, sometimes it's it's really disheartening because it feels like, for me, that there's not a lot of change about it. But I think if we keep pursuing it, we keep talking about it, and it's, like, not... And I think part of that step is not glorifying these type of... These types of stories, because even um, if you look at, you know, the Disney version of Sleeping Beauty, oh, it's... it's Everything is better with a kiss from a stranger. Right. And, you know, just this whole, like, glorifying, like, somebody's obsession, like, 
just because you're obsessed with something, like it doesn't make it okay. Like it's, it's, it's not good. And, you know, at no point should a woman or a man feel obligated to appreciate your obsession or affection or your pursuit. Right. Like at some point it becomes a trivial pursuit. Oh, would you look at that? Like a game? You mean a game that becomes a game? No. It becomes trivial, meaningless. Um, like a game. I like to break up serious discussions with a really, really bad joke because... Because um, this is a comedy podcast. Because it's a comedy podcast, but only if you find it's funny. True. I'm going to try to see how many times my voice changes in one uh, hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> Good lord. God, we've been hearing ourselves talk for a very long time. Yeah, well, maybe we should start to wrap things up, I guess, huh? Wrap it before you tap it or else you end up with twins. Oh. Yeah, and then they'll wake you up from a dead sleep and you'll have a magical husband. Mm-hmm. But not only until after you disrobe in front of some nasty queen. Just remember, everyone... That having sex with a dead body is not the only way to prevent pregnancy. Very true. Use a condom. Be safe. Make good choices. Look both ways before crossing the street. Brush your teeth after every meal. And floss daily. From your favorite dental hygienist. Sitting right across from me. I don't let her look at my teeth because they're kind of gross. They're not gross. I drink too much coffee and red wine for them to be attractive. (laughs) Nonsense. Well, do we have any final thoughts? I don't know. I just... I think... I I shared this story with my boyfriend this morning, and the look on his face when I talked about Carl Tanzler was just of sheer disgust. So I hope you guys felt that, too. I mean... I really... Disgusted. Yeah, we want to gross you guys out. No, but for real, when I read this story, like, it's pretty gross. Like, this is pretty gruesome. And I think it's pretty important to remember when we're talking about fairy tales that they really do pair with true crime because... They're not meant to be these frilly, fluffy things that we like. We talked about. They are not meant to be these Disneyfied versions of sweet things that we are supposed to agree with and say, like, "Oh yeah, this is okay," because he loved her so much. Yeah. Like, I love that we're doing this podcast so that we can look at these fairy tales and these true crime stories and think about them in a different way. Yeah, and I think it's just a reminder that you know, because everyone's always like, you know, truth is stranger than fiction, and I and I don't think that's wrong, but I like. To look at it as though, you know, reality and fiction are both equally strange because at the end of the at the end of the day, we're looking at these things and they're people. So either you have twisted people who are coming up with twisted stories, right? <laughs> or you have uh, you know, twisted people who are doing things that are wrong on so many levels. And at no point are we glorifying um, you know, the the people, the perpetrators of you know, the crimes, whether they're, um, you know, stealing dead bodies of women who did not like them or, you know, they're murdering all of their spouses. Like in no way do we, do we justify them? We don't think they're amazing. We're kind of, you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like I need to like put that, you know, warning out there. Put that disclaimer out there. I don't want to get any flack. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, I would like, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, because like the one nice thing about, you know, these types of stories and these tales is, I mean, you can have a thousand different opinions and they could all be right. Um, 
and we'd, we'd love to hear them. So you, if you want to send us an email and just say howdy, you can do that at fairytalltalespod at gmail.com. I got it right this time. Or you can find us on Instagram at fairytalltales and also on Twitter at fairytalltales. Uh, eventually we will have a Facebook depending on, it might even be out before you listen to this. Uh, I do social media during the day. So like the thought of handling another Facebook page right now kind of makes me want to cry. But it's coming. Um, we're just we're getting new at this, so just bear with us. But we really hope that you stick around for the journey because I think, you know, this is taking us all around the world and you through can, all different generations and all different kinds a, of stories. You don't need a passport or a time machine to come there with us. Sweet. So thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have nightmares, let us know. Yeah. Tune in again next time. Stay spooky out there. <laughs> <laughs>